Isaiah chapter 61. I'm going to read the first three verses as a text this morning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And from this passage of scripture several days ago, the Lord laid a message on my heart. And so from this passage of scripture, I'm going to preach for just a few minutes today about a garment of praise, a garment of praise. And you may notice there as we read the third verse that the Lord is going to exchange for us, he said, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So that's what I'd like to preach this morning for just a few moments. Will you bow your heads with me one more time? Let's ask the Lord to help us as we look at his word. Heavenly Father, what a privilege What an honor, God, to know you, and we thank you for this truth. We thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, you would enlighten it to our understanding, that, Lord, it would make sense. There would be a clarity, O God, as we speak your word. Let our hearts be open to your voice and where each one of us are at as individuals, God. I pray the blessing of the Lord on the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And I'll just start out here tonight, or this morning, that's the second time I've said tonight, <laughs> but I'll just start out by saying at the very beginning this, this morning that God wants you and me to be joyful. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be so joyful that we wear it like a coat. That's how joyful the Lord wants you to be, so that you wear it, that it's, it's as if you are wearing your joy wearing it like a garment you know clothing says a lot about us doesn't it it says a lot about a person in most cases not i understand not every single instance but a lot of times you can have some kind of an idea about a person uh before you really even get to know them by what they're wearing what and and again i'm not i'm not saying you know everything about somebody just because of what they're wearing but but if you were to encounter somebody who was Amish for example by their appearance it makes a statement about them that's not negative or positive it just makes a statement because of their tradition and the way that they uh, wear the the clothes the particular clothes that they wear you can identify that person by what they're wearing um, if, if a young person or somebody walked in here and they were wearing or you see somebody in the in the street on the street or something and they're wearing all black and their face is pasty white and their fingernails are black um, you might draw the conclusion that they're uh, they call it goth right uh, and uh, you know you can make conclusions sometimes about a person by 
their clothes because your clothes say something about you. Um, it's sometimes interesting to me to see people who, who perhaps may have come from one particular background, but they try to dress like they're from a different background. Are you guys okay? Everybody all right? Smile. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, if you, for example, you take, a, you take somebody from the city that was raised in an urban area or a metro area, and they try to dress like they grew up in a rural area. They, they don't always fit, you know? Or the opposite, maybe somebody that grew up in a ur- uh, rural area or, a, you know, in the country, and they try to uh, put on a tuxedo. It just doesn't always mesh, right? So I, your clothes are, you know, they, they make a statement. Um, it's, it, to me, this it's a little more personal. Um, I don't get this. And if you get it, fine. But I don't get, I don't get old preachers wearing skinny jeans and white tennis shoes. It looks silly, doesn't it? And a gold chain. I'm not judging. They won't do it. That's fine. But I'm not asking you to picture me in skinny jeans and white tennis shoes and a gold chain. <laughs> but it doesn't fit this guy. Um, you know, the way people wear their hats. Hats say a lot about people. Um, whether they're wearing a, a cowboy hat or they're wearing a, a flat brimmed hat way up on top of their head, you know, they're they're trying to make a statement, but, um, you know, you can look at the emblems on hats and all that, but what I'm, I guess what I'm just trying to say here is that clothing, it, it makes a, whether it's symbolic or little, or it's, it's making a statement about that person. You know, when, when people go to funerals, a lot of times they wear dark clo- colored clothing, and it's, a, it's sometimes it's symbolic of somebody in mourning, they'll wear black or they'll wear dark clothing when somebody goes to the gym they're going to wear athletic clothing um it's it speaks it says something about them if somebody's in a police uniform or somebody's wearing scrubs and a a jacket with a stethoscope around their neck it's making a statement about them and even in scripture clothing is used as a metaphor it represents something else for example in scripture when you begin to look at it uh Clothing is identified with people that are saved or in their sin. Here's what the Bible says. It says that when we are baptized into Christ, we put on Christ. That is a metaphor as, in, as if we're saying we are putting on Jesus Christ. We are putting on the coat of the Lord. It, and it's like putting on a pair of coveralls. And you put on Jesus Christ. And... The opposite is also true that when people are in sin, the Bible talks about how their garment is spotted or it has stains upon them. For example, in the book of Jude, chapter 1, it talks about pulling those out of the fire, even those whose garments have been stained. In the book of Revelation, when John uh, writes to those seven churches, he talks about these Uh, He talks specifically about two of the churches, the church at Sardis and also the church at at Laodicea or uh, at Laodicea. He said in Revelation three and four that the church in Sardis, they have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. And then verse five says, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. 
So the clothing, it's, it's a metaphor of, of somebody who is in the church or somebody who is wearing purity. They, are, they, are, they have a white garment or a white robe. Uh, Revelation 3 and 17 talks about this Laodicean church. And it says of them, Thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. And then verse 18, he said, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Anoint your eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. So purity, whiteness, that white raiment represents, that white garment represents somebody who has been cleansed. And I thank God today we've been cleansed. I thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. When somebody repents of their sins, they say, God, I'm sorry. They change directions. And when they are baptized in Jesus' name, just like the apostles did in the book of Acts, when they are baptized, calling on the name of Jesus, their sins are washed away. That means the stains are washed. The spots are gone. Because, and they, they put on a robe of righteousness. Amen. And so they are clean. That's why the Bible says to us in the church, Come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Now why does the Bible say don't touch the unclean thing? Because it gets your garment dirty. It's telling us don't compromise, don't dabble in sin because it, it messes up your white garment. And so when we fall into sin, thank God we can still repent. Thank God we can still go back to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. And 1 John 1, 9 says, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And so our garments can be pure. Our garments can be clean. But I, I read here in Isaiah chapter 61 about a garment, about putting on a garment of praise. And, and I want you to notice Isaiah's prophetic words here with me. And if you still have your Bible open, you can look at it with me. Or maybe it'll be on the screen. But there in verse 3, these are words about the coming Jesus Christ. About Jesus Christ who would come and be our Savior. And what Isaiah writes here is that the Lord would give beauty for ashes and there would be joy he said for those who are in mourning and then i like this there would be praise or a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness now a picture is being painted of someone who is in mourning a picture is being painted of someone who's in despair Someone who's wearing a garment of heaviness. And Isaiah is prophesying about in Isaiah 61 that when Jesus Christ comes, he's going to change all of that. He is going to take the heaviness away. He is going to take the, the mourning away. He's going to take the ashes away. And in place of it, he's going to bring beauty. In place of it, he's going to bring joy. In replacing of that, he's going to bring a praise, a garment of praise. Now, this idea of, of ashes and, and the Bible often talks about sackcloth and ashes. And um, quoting from, from one resource, I want to share this with you here this morning. Sackcloth and ashes were used in the Old Testament times as a symbol of debasement. 
mourning or of repentance. Someone wanting to show his repentant heart would often wear sackcloth sitting in ashes, putting ashes on top of his head. Sackcloth, of course, was, was a coarse material usually made of black goat's hair, making it quite uncomfortable to wear. The ashes signified desolation and ruin. And so if a person would be identified by mourning or repentant or grief, um, they would purposely put on sackcloth. They would purposely put on this a garment that would identify them as being in mourning. And so this is, this is the closest I had to sackcloth that I could find. What color is this, somebody? Black, thank you. Um, you know, I've embarrassed myself enough, and I, I would have thought I could have, I could have called this dark, 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 dark green, but it's black. Okay, so, so a person that was in mourning, that was uh, repentant, they would, they would clothe themselves on purpose with sackcloth. Can, can I get help tonight or this morning? There it is again. Can one of you got one of you young men? Would you help? Come on, Riggin. I appreciate that. Just come right on up here and have a seat if you don't mind. Just, just sit right there on the platform. So I want you to look sad. Can you look sad? Are you, you're smiling. <laughs> you got a great smile, buddy. So, so a person that was sad or grieving, they would put on sackcloth and ashes. And so if somebody approached them, they would know the condition of this person, that they, they're in that state of despair. You're doing great, buddy. Don't smile. And, and this is, I didn't want to make a huge mess, but I, I got some ashes from the Timonea at home. And how do you feel about putting ashes on your head? You say, all right? Is it going to mess up lunch? All right. Because I could do it, but I'd rather, but this was a, this was symbolic. This was the way that they demonstrated to the people. Um, you can just take a little bit and sprinkle on your hair if you don't mind. I, you know what they they say the, the the chefs the chefs, if you're sprinkling salt, if you hold it higher, you get a better spread. Just hold on to that. You don't have to put more. You can if you want to. If you're really sad. But that was the demonstrate that that was it made a statement that they were in mourning ashes or uh, when someone died, the act of putting on sackcloth showed heartfelt sorrow for the loss of that person. Uh, we see an example of this. David mourned after the death of Abner. Jacob also demonstrated his grief by wearing sackcloth when he thought of his son, when he thought his son Joseph had been killed when they went through that time. That's this was the. This is what they put on to, to show that. Ashes accompanied sackcloth in times of national disaster and repenting from sin. Uh, for example, or for instance, describes Mordecai tearing his clothes and putting on sackcloth and ashes and walking out in the city wailing loudly and bitterly. This was Mordecai's reaction to King Xerxes' declaration uh, giving the wicked Haman authority to destroy the Jews. And so it... it symbolize something when somebody would put on that kind of attire amen but when jesus christ comes to for us 
what, what Isaiah is saying is that the Lord takes the garment off of us. And he gives us a, stay right there, I'm not done. He gives us a new garment, a garment of praise. I, I love the song, and I think we just sung it on Wednesday night. I won't go back. I've been changed. I've been healed. I've been freed. I've been delivered. I may not be saying it just right. All my shame. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. All my guilt, all my sins, they're forgiven. They're gone. The Lord changes everything about us. Praise the Lord. He takes that. And so this morning, if you walked into church, and it would not, it would not surprise me one bit, it would not be unusual, because people carry guilt, people carry shame, people carry burdens. But if you walked into church this morning, and you're grieving, or you're mourning, or you have, you have something in your past that, that you're carrying around like a garment, I want you to know this morning the Lord can take that garment off of you and give you a new coat. Praise the Lord. That's the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can take that garment off and put a new garment on called praise. Now, the, the garment of praise, you okay, my friend? All right, you're making a mess. Not really. I'm just kidding. I did that. <laughs> but the garment of praise is a metaphor for gladness and thanksgiving that God's people feel when they are filled with the joy of the Lord. In ancient times, it was customary for the grieving person to wear sackcloth. But the garment of praise is just the opposite. Now, there's a story behind this garment. It came from Africa, 8,500 miles away in Zambia. Um, but the garment of praise is the opposite of sackcloth. It is brightly colored raiment indicative of celebration. So, uh, Brother Good, help me put that uh, Isaiah 61.3 in the Holman version. It's, it's already in the computer. Now, I want you to notice this verse with me. And it says that this is just a, a, a different translation of the same verse we just read. To provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them crown a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and then notice this, and splendid clothes instead of despair. Splendid clothes, bright colored clothes, celeb celebratory clothes instead of goat hair, instead of black burlap, the Lord's going to give us a new garment. In other words, Jesus turns it around. Amen. He changes the circumstances. So when you look at this, when you go to the New Testament now, and in Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse number Oh, somewhere around verse number 16 in Luke chapter 4. Jesus Christ is now here on this earth. And Luke is telling the story of how Jesus Christ is in Nazareth. And he walks into church, or he walks into the synagogue. And it says in verse 16, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the, pro the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day, someone say this day. He said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So here's what was taking place in Luke chapter 4. Is that a 700 year bridge was now being spanned from what Isaiah said in chapter 61 to what was taking place in Luke chapter 4. That the, the, uh, the words of the prophet that the Lord would change ashes for beauty and heaviness for praise. Jesus is standing in the synagogue and he said, Today, this day, is that scripture being fulfilled in your ears? And here's what I would just tell you this morning, is that the power of God is still available, and God can change any life. When people walk in gloomness, or people walk in mourning, when people's life is care, when they are wearing a coat or a garment that signifies I'm, I'm defeated, or I'm hurt, or I've been broken, and I've been battered, or I'm confused, or I'm unfocused, or I'm weak, or whatever the case might be. The Lord would have us to know that He came to change that. Praise God. He came. The Bible says that, Paul said it this way, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus changes lives. Amen. Jesus not only changes lives, He changes destinies. He takes our old filthy rags. Come on, stand up here with me, my friend. Yeah, let's just set that down there. Jesus takes our old filthy rags. You mind putting this on? All right. And he gives us a brand new garment, a garment of praise. And so now when you look at Riggin, you don't see black burlap. When you look at Riggin, you see a different garment. You see a different testimony. You see something brand new. And this this garment does not speak of depression. This garment doesn't speak of, of, of oppression or the enemy getting the best of us. But this garment speaks of praise. This garment speaks of celebration. Praise the Lord. This garment is a complete change. of. And all I'm preaching here this morning is that the Lord would would have us to know that he can take your old filthy rags of who you, what used to identify you and put a brand new garment on you called praise. Amen. And so, and so now Riggin, Riggin can raise his hands. Riggin can celebrate. Riggin can dance before the Lord. Riggin can sing before the Lord. <laughs> he can sing because he's not, he's not identified anymore by what life has done to him he has a brand new garment you want to stand up here and preach with me the rest of this message you just might one day be the next pastor of this church and that would be all right with me you you can have it today brother no i'm just kidding 
But God changes lives. And we thank the Lord for that. See, when, when David, when David, um, you, you read about his life in the scripture, and, and there are periods in time in David's life you read about it. He talks about putting on a garment called an ephod. And there's at least three times in the scripture that I found where he, he put on this garment called an ephod. And the, the, the first time was whenever, um, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 23. And Saul, who is the king, is after David. Saul has rejected David. He doesn't want David around. When, David, when David's around, the people are saying, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And Saul was jealous, but David was facing that rejection. He was facing that betrayal. And so we read in, in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse number 9, that David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring hither the ephod. The ephod was a garment. It was a, it was a piece of clothing that originally was intended for the priesthood. In fact, and we're not going to take the time, but if you go back and read Exodus chapter 28, the Lord commanded Moses to make this garment of gold and blue and purple and scarlet made of fine twine linen, and it would fit over the shoulders. It didn't quite fit like this, this shirt that he has on. It was, to me, it was more like a smock. I think that's what you call it, a smock, a vest that you put over your head, and the, the, um, the ephod kind of had a, some latches or was sewn here at the top, so it just kind of draped over an individual. But David told the priest, bring me the ephod. He was in a time of betrayal, a time of rejection. And what David was saying is that I need to talk to the Lord. I need to interact with the Lord. And so this, this garment that was originally meant for the priest, originally the high priest and then the priest, but Samuel and David wore it. David put it on and he interacted with the Lord at that time. The next time David calls for the ephod was whenever they were going to, they went to battle against the Amalekites. And David comes home, or excuse me, the Philistines, David comes home from the battle in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 30, and he comes home from the battle. And I just kind of picture it this way, that David and his men, they reach the top of the, the knoll or the hill, and they look down at the city of Ziklag, or the village of Ziklag, where David and his family was supposed to have been. And when David looks down and all he sees is ruin, he sees ashes, he sees smoke smoldering, he sees, he sees destruction. Abigail, his wife, is gone. His family is gone at this point. And, and David, the Bible talks about how that David was greatly distressed. Verse number 6. The people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But notice this. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And verse number 7. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And so once again, David put the garment on. David put on the ephod so he could interact and praise. He encouraged himself in the Lord. How did he encourage himself in the Lord? He, he took the step necessary 
to talk to God, to pray, to worship the Lord. And he put the linen ephod on. Now very quickly, one more time, we read in the scripture where David put this ephod on. Was whenever, um, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 also, or excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 6. When David said, we're going to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And I don't have time to go into all of the history of it, but the ark was not in Jerusalem where it belonged. And David was now the king, and he said, he said, we have to get the ark back to Jerusalem. Would you say that? Say, we have to get the ark back to Jerusalem. He said, we have to get the ark back to Jerusalem. But when they tried to bring the ark back, remember that man named Uzzah, or Uzzah, he reached out and he touched the ark when it shook on that cart. And God struck him dead because he disobeyed the Lord, he disobeyed the law. And there Uzzah, was, Uzzah died, and David's upset, he's mad. And they set the ark down at Obed-Edom's house, and it stayed there for several months. But after David gathered himself back together, he said, we've got to get the ark back to Jerusalem. And so he sends a whole group of people, David included, they go down to Obed-Edom's house. And they, they begin to make the arrangements, and they begin to do it right. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 that it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord and had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, and David was girded with the linen, with a linen ephod. You want to jump with me? Ready? Let's jump. David danced before the Lord with all of his heart. Six paces, they sacrificed, and David had the linen ephod on, and he danced before the Lord. Amen. You know, by the time they got to Jerusalem, his wife was looking out the window thinking, what a fool my husband was, or is. She despised him for what, because he was worshiping the Lord. They, she said, he looks like a fool out there. But I'm going to tell you, when you need the Lord, when you're in when you feel betrayal or you feel rejection or you're in mourning or you're in a time, a season in your life, you have to take the steps to bring praise back to you. Praise the Lord. You have to get rid. You have to let the Lord take the spirit of heaviness off of you. And you have to let the Lord give you a new garment, a garment where you can praise him. A garment where you can praise Him. See, people walk through life and they're wearing heaviness. They are mourning, they're grieving, they're burdened. They have weights, their minds are being tormented by all kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you that the Lord has something better for you. He has a new garment, a new coat called praise. Maybe you've worn your garment long enough. Maybe you've worn that old, that old gritty uncomfortable garment long enough maybe you have been pressed down long enough maybe you've been under the weight long enough I've got a I've got a prescription for you I'm not a doctor but I'm a preacher and I've got a prescription from the word of the Lord if you are underweight this morning you ready it's Psalm 42 and 11 and it's repeated in the 43rd Psalm here's your prescription to get the weight off. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health 
You see that word health? Don't dismiss God's power in your life to restore health to your countenance. God can change. Oh, hallelujah. If Paul and Silas could sit in a prison at midnight with their hands and their feet and stocks and bonds and their backs had been beaten and they could sit in a prison in Philippi and pray and sing praises to God, what could God do with any one of our lives? There's nobody here right now. There's nobody in this room who your back is scarred. There's nobody in this room that you're sitting in a prison, but you're sitting in a great sanctuary with a group of great group, a great group of people. God has given us a garment of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. You, you can wear that for a few more minutes or you can take it off. Let's see if Sister Hansen can help you because... I put it on last night, and I had to have her help to get, me, get it off me, too. That's why I'm not wearing it today. <laughs> He's done a great job. Why don't you give Virgin a hand? Thank you, sir. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me, because I'm, I'm wrapping up here. We're starting a week of fasting beginning today. And several of you have put your name on the sheet out in the foyer, and I appreciate that. And if you haven't... Put your name out there. Sign up fast this week. I, I'm, I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about the Lord taking this off of you. I'm talking about the Lord changing lives this morning. We're fasting this week. And the reason we fast, you might not know this, but I'm going to tell you. The reason we fast is to get rid of this. If you walked into church this morning with a spirit of heaviness, I'm giving you the way out. I'm, I'm giving you the way that we're going to get rid of heaviness. We're fasting. We're fasting as a church. Matthew 5 and 4. Jesus said, this is the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. See, heaviness is discouragement. Heaviness is discouragement. And I don't have to go into a lot of detail tonight. Or, man, I did it again. I don't have to go into a lot of detail right now today, this, this morning, to talk about the spirit of discouragement. That has not only been in this city, in, in families in this church, but all over the place. It is a, a spirit of heaviness but i'm going to tell you how to get out of that i'm going to tell you how to get rid of that garment is you fast you fast i'm saying push the plate away unclutter your mind see that's why we did our media fast this last week and i and i thank you every one of you that did it i hope i hope all of you did i don't know who did it, who didn't i hope all of you did it i hope you i hope you push that stuff aside so you could clear your mind because God wants to do great things in every one of our lives. And so we unclutter our minds. And we, we fast. This week we're fasting food. And we're going, to, we're going to turn our attention to the Lord. And we're going to break the spirit of heaviness. This is not, this is not hocus pocus. This is not 
nonsense. Heaviness is real. Discouragement is real. And I, and I suspect if every one of us were being genuine here, every one of us would, would speak up loud and clear and say, I know what that's like. Everybody in our church, everybody that's a part of the church, I'm asking you to fast at least one day this week, if you're physically able to. And unclutter your spirit from the things of the world. And it, what it's going to do is it's going to allow God to begin to speak to your spirit. It's going to allow the Lord to begin to speak to you in a way that you haven't heard Him in a long time. Praise the Lord. See, there, there's three duties that every Christian, according to the teachings of Jesus, there's three duties of every Christian. It's giving, it's praying, and fasting. When you pray, when you give, when you fast, Jesus said all three of those. And so Jesus said, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know who the comforter is? It's the Holy Ghost. Jesus said he was going to send the comforter in the, his Father's name. He's going to send the Holy Ghost. You can read about it in John 14 and John 16. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And so here's how you break the spirit of heaviness. is you mourn, you fast. You push that aside. And blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The Lord's going to take that spirit of heaviness off of us and He's going to bring comfort. He's going to bring the Holy Ghost. He's going to pour out His Spirit. See, Pastor, I still don't understand. Here's what Isaiah would say later, uh, in Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness? If you would, be so kind. Everybody just look at that scripture right there on the screen. To undo the heavy burdens. Fasting. He puts on the garment of praise. Celebration. Joy. Beauty for ashes. Because the spirit of heaviness has been cast off. That's what the Lord wants to do for every single individual. Because where the spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. Hallelujah. Would you raise your hands if you're comfortable? Would you pray with me right now? God, here I am right now. Here I am, Lord. You know our hearts. You know, Lord, where we're at. And Lord, we have turned our attention toward you this, this morning. We have turned our hearts toward heaven. And we know, Lord, that you are doing great things in every family, in every heart, in every life. And we feel the pull of your spirit right now. Oh, Jesus, we, we respond to that right now and answer the call, oh God, that you have on our lives, the, the hope, Lord, to lay some things aside and bring refreshment and bring renewal. Lord, let your sweet presence flow through this sanctuary this morning. Let your sweet spirit, oh Lord, overtake us this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, burden hearts, you've come to deliver. Weary hearts, oh God, you've come to bring rest to them. Jesus, I pray blessing this morning. Jesus, I pray strength this day. This is a call to prayer this morning. For anybody that would like to pray, I'm going to invite you to just... 
to step out and, and maybe gather around the altar area with me this morning. We're going to pray for a few moments. Moms and dads and families who've been burdened and hurt by the past. People who have been discouraged and carried that spirit of heaviness. Maybe you want to just join with somebody and just come up around the front or maybe you just want to kneel there at your chair or stand there at your seat. That's, a, that's fine. But I just want to bring you hope this morning. just want to bring you a new reality in your life that the Lord has for each and every one of you. Thank you, Jesus, for the change. Thank you, Jesus, for hope. Right now.